everyone. Welcome back for another episode of Chew the Bible. It's your good friend, A.A. Ron. We are in 2 Samuel chapter 9. In 2 Samuel chapter 8, it basically covers David's victories that he had against the surrounding nations. And, yeah, it shows God's favor on his life. And he starts to administer, uh, appoint people in positions of leadership. Even his own sons, he makes chief officials. So we're going to see how this story continues in Second Samuel chapter 9. Here we go. So this, the heading for this is David's kindness to Mephibosheth. There you go. David asked, is there anyone remaining from the family of Saul I can show kindness to for Jonathan's sake? There was a servant of Saul's family named Ziba. They summoned him to David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? I am your servant. I am your servant, he replied. So the king asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family that I can show the kindness of God to? Ziba said to the king, There is still Jonathan's son who was injured in both feet. The king asked him, Where is he? Ziba answered the king, You'll find him in Lodabar, at the house of Macher, son of Amiel. So King David had him brought from the house of Macher, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. Verse 6. Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David, fell face down, and paid homage. David said, Mephibosheth, that's an interesting name. I am your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him. Since I intend to show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan, I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields and you will always eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth paid homage and said, what is your servant that you take an interest in a dead dog like me? Then King summoned Saul. Then the king summoned Saul's attention. Sorry. And then the king summoned Saul's attendant, Ziba, and said to him, I have given to your master's grandson all that belonged to Saul and his family. You, your sons, and your servants are to work the ground for him, and you are to bring in the crops so your master's grandson will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, is always to eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do all my lord the king commands so Mephibosheth ate at David's table just like one of the king's sons Mephibosheth had a son a young son whose name was Micah all those all those living in Ziba's house were Mephibosheth's servants however Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table his feet had been injured Interesting. I see what Tony Evans has to say about this. Uh, David never forgot his covenant promise of friendship with Saul's son, Jonathan. Ziba had been a servant in Saul's house and had kept up with the family. He knew Jonathan's crippled son was living on the opposite side of the Jordan River, possibly in hiding. Mephibosheth bowed to David, perhaps not knowing the fate that awaited him as the heir of the disgraced former king. David quickly laid the young man's fears to rest by repeating his covenant promise to Jonathan and assuring Mephibosheth that he was to be the recipient of that blessing. Mephibosheth's 
change in circumstances came as a result of sheer grace. There was no precedent in the ancient world for what David did on his behalf. But then there was no king like David, a type and forerunner of Jesus Christ, who took mercy on us as crippled sinners and extended to us his kindness. Yes, yeah, so I was thinking of that as I was reading, like how we get to one day we'll be able to partake in the Lamb's Supper, the Supper, last supper, the Supper of the Lamb, the King's Table. There'll be a big feast in heaven. And so... And it's all based on grace, not anything that we deserve. One of the hardest things I'm dealing with or have dealt in being a Christian is this constant feeling that I have to earn God's grace or do these things to earn God's grace. And I'm definitely learning that balance of when people ask me for help, doing it out of sheer love versus doing it out of obligation or feeling guilty because when you do things out of guilt at least for me um them speaking for myself here when i've done things out of guilt it's not good and yeah it just it's not from a good place now sometimes you just got to do it just because it needs to be done The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom on how to handle those situations. So there'll be a peace on it. So I'm all speaking from personal experience. So uh, you might have a different story, a different testimony of how grace plays out in your life. But in this case, yeah, what King David did for Mishabasith. How you say that right? Is how you say that? Mephibosheth was completely from a place of grace in the relationship that he had with Jonathan. And I just, I, don't know, I just personally just had a revelation as I was talking about that. I, I see how God, in this case, in a way, I'm thinking about how, like, with God, because of His Son Jesus, the relationship of what Jesus did, then that is why, yeah, the grace is extended toward us. Just like in this case, King David, the relationship he had with Jonathan, that's why his son had grace. And it's almost as like John Meshabasheth was adopted into King David's family. He could eat at his table at any time. Anyway, there's so many directions you can go with this. I'm Sometimes when I... Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, I turn on my uh, my English major. Well, I, I was an English major my freshman year of college. But, like, in high school, I, one of my favorite classes, classes were English. Specifically, yeah, my old professor, my old teacher, Kate, Kate Boudreaux. She was one of my favorite teachers. And uh, Ann Nightingale. Uh, who was the other guy? I can't think of his name. The tall guy with the long hair can't think of this he was my first teacher but anyway these different teachers i had taught me to think critically about the things that i read and to think about things motifs really dissect we could really dissect a book and uh gather deeper meaning out of it sometimes it's good to just read something and not try to like dissect it like that 
because it can take a lot of the fun out of it. But it also can be fun in doing almost like a treasure hunt. Like what, how does, the main thing I like to do is this, how does this all relate to our relationship with Jesus, our eternal relationship with him? How does these story, these things that we're reading in this Old Testament foreshadow to Jesus, the coming savior um, that we're going to read about in the New Testament? So I'm just going to close it out with prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, as we continue to read, that you will um, continue to remind us, Lord, that we are so much like, in many ways, this guy, uh, how do you say it? Mephibosheth, in that we can eat at your table any time, Lord. And even that's what we're doing right now, reading your word chewing on this word it's like eating at your table lord so i thank you pray this word continue to transform my hearts transform my minds and we look forward to moving on to the next chapter in jesus mighty name i pray amen all right y'all that was a shorter episode i'm gonna try to keep these episodes for real for real shorter so cutting out a lot of different things to just keep it moving i'm really wanting to get I really want to get to the New Testament before the end of the year. So we'll see how we'll see how that goes. All right. I'll be back.